Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. This podcast is brought to you by Yotpo, the leading e-commerce marketing platform. Engage more with your customers through loyalty, SMS marketing, reviews, and more. All Winning with Shopify listeners can receive 30 days of text messages from Yotpo SMS Bump for free. Sign up today to start driving 25 times ROI with the easiest channel you'll ever build. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing company for Shopify owners. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interviewing the experts to help you thrive and build a business that makes you money. For exclusive offers, bonus content, and weekly episode reminders, join our mailing list at WinningWithShopify.com. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Nick Truman. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anyone who's tuning in and has been a regular listener for ages, welcome back. It's great to have you with us. And for anyone tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show. Really, really nice to have you along. We've had so many new listeners over the last few months, so absolutely a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in. If you want to keep in touch with the show, hit the subscribe button. If you don't want to keep in touch with the show, click the unsubscribe button. Absolutely fine by us. But um, we make the content for you guys. So a quick plug at the beginning, just before we dive into today's content, if you're enjoying the show and you want to have a say, there's two things I'd like you to send to us, um, if I may. The first one is if you can send us some general feedback. So things you like about the show, things you don't like, things you most importantly want to hear more about. So I'd love to hear some of the challenges and struggles you guys are going through at the moment. And I'll see if I can source the best expert to talk about that topic. And the second thing I'd love to hear from you guys as well, specifically on today's topic, and I'll probably plug this a little bit more as we go through, is I would love to hear what apps you guys are using on your Shopify store, because that is what we are talking about today. If you want to send a message in, if you've got five minutes spare, I'd really appreciate it. Just go onto our website, winningwithshopify.com. Fill out any of the forms on that site, obviously apart from the sponsorship one, because that will go to our sales team um, and they'll reach out about that. But apart from the sponsorship form, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And again, we're going to try and tailor the content to you guys. Equally, if you think you know an amazing guest, someone that would be a really good person to have on the show, we'd love to hear from you guys as well. Um, We're heading towards the end of January faster than I think most of us would like to admit Or for some stores at this time of year, it couldn't come too soon. But we're nearly at the end of Jan and we're looking at what we're doing throughout this year as well. So please feel free to uh, send in guest recommendations, topic recommendations, and also some of the things you're struggling with at the moment. And again, that thing we're going to be talking about today, which leads me in nicely, is apps. We're going to be talking about Shopify apps. I've spoken to some of our clients and I've spoken to our team and put together a list, which I'm going to run through today of all of the top things we think every Shopify store shouldn't necessarily have, but should consider. So some of the top things we think every Shopify store should be looking at installing in terms of apps, applications. So if if anybody is completely new to Shopify or or even worse, completely new to Shopify apps and hasn't discovered the world of Shopify apps yet, Shopify apps, you can install onto your site. A lot of them are free and it will add new features and resources and different things onto the site. So some apps work in the background and help you manage the business. Other apps work in the foreground so that the customers can actually see them. So it might be something like a loyalty program, live chat, something like that. There can be applications running those. 
one of the beautiful things about Shopify is that we don't have to manually install these things or manually build them. The concept of apps is you can get lots of them for free. We might pay a little bit of money every month. All of that then collectively goes from everybody using that app, that five, ten, fifty dollars you're paying a month for the app. That money collectively goes to the developers. They then keep one app and one app only up to date for everybody. So it's costing you fifty dollars instead of probably thousands, sometimes even tens of thousands of dollars a year to keep that application working up to date. Especially if the app plugs into another system, which a lot of the apps do. So what I've got in front of me now. I have to be honest, is an enormous document full of different things. So I'm going to speed through as many of these as I can on today's episode. So strap yourself in. This is an absolutely a pen and paper out episode. Again, I've tried to collate as much of this as I can. So in no particular order, we're going to start going through some of these apps. The first thing to mention about apps, just before we dive into app number one, is to be a little bit careful with them. So depending on the type of app and what it does. Apps can sometimes have a negative effect on your store, and one of the most common things that it can negatively affect is the speed in which pages take to load. So, just to say, Google have a page speed testing tool which is completely free. I highly recommend that before and after you install an app, I would put your home page, a collection page, and a product page through Google Page Speed. See how fast they are. Write down the numbers. And then, if you go through and install an app, go back and run that test on those three pages again, and see how much it's impacted page speed. There are also other things which I'll come onto as we go through. But yeah, just word of caution: these are going to sound great today because I'm just going to tell you the great things about them. But just be a little bit careful about using them, especially if you've got a web agency or a developer or a freelancer, somebody who looks after your site or designs it or updates the code for you, etc. If you've got somebody like that, have a chat with them before you click install. Because if you don't, they might be emailing you, telling you you've just broken something else by installing an app, which does happen from time to time. So, without further ado, let's get cracking into today's list. So, the first app that everybody needs is some sort of email marketing app or an integration app from Shopify into an email platform. So, email is the most powerful way to get customers. To buy a second or third or fourth time from you, and as we talk about a lot on the show, your first new customer is going to cost quite a lot of money. So you're going to have to pay somebody like Google or Facebook to get that new customer in. Using email, it's going to cost a fraction of the cost of an advertising platform to get a second order out of that customer than it would if you just tried to get another new customer in. So with email, we always focus on one big metric and one big metric only, and that is lifetime value. So we're sending emails out to our customers. Which ones made the most money? So there's lots of good email platforms. Some of them you can install their app into your Shopify store. It automatically synchronizes all of your Shopify data into your email platform, and then you can get emailing with all the right data. So you could set up an email campaign for your top 20% of customers. In terms of lifetime value or lifetime spend or recent spend, and you can start segmenting things from there. Massive, massive bit of advice, and this borderlines legal advice. So I'll be very careful. My advice is not to use spreadsheets. Don't download data and upload it elsewhere. Make sure the systems plug together because you've increased the chance of them being what's called GDPR compliant. So email app is the first thing on our list. Today, so make sure email integrates with Shopify. It also means if somebody on your email platform unsubscribes, 
that will automatically pull through into Shopify. Because if they've unsubscribed from you on your email platform, say MailChimp or Klaviyo or any of the big players, and if they've unsubscribed from you on there, you want to make sure they've also unsubscribed within Shopify so you don't email them through Shopify about uh, some marketing or something else. Or if you ever moved systems, you need to make sure they're definitely unsubscribed. Because once they click that button, we need to honor and respect that. So that's email. Second type of app you need or set of apps, there's a few in this category, is social media. So a lot of new stores will probably have got their Shopify store working over on Shopify. And then they've created a Facebook page, for example. Facebook is the first one on the list. You can integrate your Shopify store with Facebook, which then means you can put your entire product catalog on Facebook. And this actually appears within Shopify as a sales channel. So lots and lots of stores have done this. And Shopify actually prompts you to do this because they want to get the Shopify content, your products, your collections, etc. They want to get all of that content onto Facebook as well, because it's another place where you could be selling products. You don't have to use the Facebook app, though. There are other social media apps. And again, I'm not going to reference any specifically today. But have a look at some of the other apps you might want to use. So one of our clients, for example, is using an app within Shopify to do all of their social posting. So they write a social post, they tick all of the different channels they want to post it to and click go. They do all of that within Shopify. So it's one less place to log into and it could be up to five or even 10 different channels they don't need to update with today's piece of news or today's post. So again, you don't have to use the Facebook default one or the Instagram default one. But if you haven't got anything at the moment, I'd highly recommend looking at some of the advantages of installing an app and synchronizing the two together. The next app, hands up, I mean, I can't see any of you, but uh, but hands up, how many of you would like loads of free traffic to your website? And I think we can all agree on that. So the next social app to look at is Pinterest. Pinterest is the most untapped social media channel there is. They've got an enormous user base and it's all what I would call, um, I was going to say something slightly slightly crude, but I won't. It's full of lovely images is what we're going to say today. So uh, Pinterest is designed for somebody just to be scrolling through and looking at nice things. So they might be looking at things like interior design. So if you sell any products for inside the home, that's a win for you. They might be looking at fashion. They might be looking at weddings. They might be looking at sports cars. They might be looking at holidays. They might be looking at um, what's going on in I don't know, the gardening world and what people are doing in their gardens at the moment, the latest trends in the US for you know, small home suburban gardens, for example. So Pinterest is a place you absolutely want to be. So the Pinterest app, you can synchronize it with Shopify, be creating boards, which is what they're called on, on Pinterest, creating Pinterest boards, etc., and actually driving a lot of traffic in. I did a survey of some bloggers recently all of which were using Pinterest. Bloggers love Pinterest. They always want to push images out from things like press trips they've been on or products they're reviewing or depending on the type of blogger. But bloggers love Pinterest because they push all their images onto it. And a lot of them are getting tens of thousands, some even hundreds of thousands of website visits every month coming in from Pinterest. Yes, it really is an untapped audience. They don't necessarily convert that well, but the more people that come into your site, the more data you've got for your smart shopping campaigns in your Google Analytics and in your Facebook Pixel. So it all starts to build a nice sort of profile for you in terms of an audience and, and, and traffic into the site. So I'd highly recommend Pinterest on there. Now, something that I'm going to touch on very, very briefly, which is another part of the Instagram app, or again, there are other what I would call third-party apps, apps built by other people that can do this as well. 
a lot of stores have their Instagram feeds on the website itself. Now, I am really in two minds about this. On one hand, I think it looks nice. I think you should get as much out of content as you possibly can. So if you're making nice content on Instagram, why not use it on your website? The other side of me, though, says, do customers really care? And what state of mind are they in at this point? They're on your store. So are they looking to buy a product or are they looking to browse Instagram? The stores I've seen do it the best are the ones where they've got their Instagram feed, but they're very selective of which pictures appear on which pages. So I've seen one where we've got a product page and you've got the normal sort of product, product images on the left and on the right-hand side, all the you know, three bullet points of specifications, the price, the buy it now button, add to basket, etc. And then you scroll down and you see a list of pictures from Instagram. And these pictures were specifically influencers or customers wearing or using or showing the product in their own lives. And that was quite powerful. So I think a lot of people have put an Instagram feed on their homepage just because why not, for the sake of you know having it there, you, trying to use that content a bit more. But I think it's the wrong place. And it also can slow down page speed quite significantly, which at the moment, on in terms of SEO, so organic traffic from Google, Google is obsessed, like absolutely obsessed with page speed. Um, we fixed, uh, I say fixed, got into the green zone on page speed for a few clients over the last couple of years. And every single time we see a massive jump in rankings, it clearly is a ranking factor in terms of where Google wants to put you in the rankings. So be really, really careful with that Instagram feed app. I'd always ask yourself the question, do customers at this point of the buying journey actually care about the Instagram feed or not? And sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. So just try and work out the answer to that question for your business. Right, the next app, as a massive advocate of PPC and SEO, because that's my background, Google app. You've got to install the Google app on your store. The Google app can do a number of things. The first thing is the Google app can synchronize with Google Merchant Center and also with Google Ads. Why would you want to synchronize with those two? Well, if you synchronize your products into Google Merchant Center and they get approved for what's called enhanced free listings, you heard it right, free, you can start getting traffic into your site from Google Shopping for free. If you get traffic in from Google Shopping, what's the chance of it converting? Because free traffic is, it's all very well and good, but we want to make some money here. We're running a Shopify store. When somebody clicks on a shopping ad or a what we call Google surfaces, a free shopping listing. So whether they've clicked on either of those two, the advert or the free listing, they've seen the image of the product, they've seen the title of the product, and they've seen the price. And they may very well have clicked through into Google Shopping itself and seen even more information about that product. So how qualified are they at this stage? They're quite qualified. So there's going to be no shocks when they land on the page. So I'd highly recommend getting the Google app installed and connecting the Google app into Google Merchant Center. Set one up if you haven't and make sure you get approved for Google enhanced free listings. More stores than not get rejected or disapproved initially. And then you can talk to Google Merchant Center on live chat or you can, if you've got any error messages, et cetera, give them a quick Google and see if you can get yourself listed on there. But um, we have clients that are doing tens of thousands of dollars per month. Some are doing that per week just through those free listings. So it can be incredibly powerful. We have other stores that might get 50 or or $100 a month. So it really does depend. Um, it depends how much people are looking for that specific product and how much you've optimized your site as a whole. So I highly recommend getting the Google app on there. The other thing it does that's really important is it also synchronizes data between Google Ads and also Shopify. So if you think you're sending all the traffic from Google Ads into your site, 
when they land on the site, that Google app is feeding back lots of traffic tracking information. And you can actually set it up to start building audiences for you. And then any smart campaigns you run on smart display, smart shopping is two nice quick examples. They're going to use all of the data that that Google app is pulling through. It's going to make you more money. It's going to increase the ROI because Google can now see who's buying, who's not, et cetera, and can see in some considerable detail as well. So yeah, highly recommend the Google app. That's number three on our list after email and social. So Google app, definitely install that, get it set up, get as much working on that as you can. And as I say, it's completely free until you start advertising on Google. So yeah, do as much as you can with it. The next one has been a much newer release than any of the other ones we've spoken about so far. The next one is one built by Shopify and it's called Shop. I hope most of you have heard about Shop. I'm trying to get somebody from Shopify to come on the store and talk to all of us about Shop. Shop is an app that the customer can download on their iPhone um, or their Android device, or they can just use the Shop interface, I think, online, but it's mostly an app. Shop, that integrates and pulls in all of your orders as a customer, all of your orders from different Shopify stores. So if you sell something that you want people to buy more of, the Shop app is an absolute win. So I use the Shop app a lot as a consumer. My card details are in the Shop app. My delivery information is all in the Shop app. And all my past purchases are also in the Shop app. As a Shopify store owner, you won't get access to any of that information. But as a Shopify store owner, you've made buying from your store incredibly easy, given that Shop is a payment gateway and holds all the delivery information. Your customers now, and myself as a consumer here, I don't have to type my details in. Your customers don't have to type their details in. They can just click buy with shop. And if you're on a mobile device, it, it uses all the information in the shop app to finish that purchase for you nice and quick. Now, going back to lifetime value, if everyone who bought from your store that you had paid to bring in from advertising, if you could double the amount of money that they will spend with you or triple or quadruple it, the answer is a definite yes. So the email section earlier on, make sure you've got a good email app running that does a lot of very smart stuff and makes you money. Using the shop app, it is so easy for a customer to go into the shop app and go, that coffee I bought the other day, that was delicious. I'm going to buy more of it. They can go into the shop app, one click, they've reordered it. Same address, same payment details, et cetera. The shop app then will notify them that afternoon to say, right, your order's been dispatched and it should be that afternoon. I'll leave that with you guys <laughs> to decide how quickly you can dispatch things. But then they start to get notifications on the shop app as well to say your product is in transit. They can follow it on a map on the shop app, especially if you're using a standard courier like DHL, UPS, or some other local ones in certainly in the US and, and UK and, and across Europe. There's lots of different couriers. So if they've got an app, which I'll come on to later, it is on my list, make sure you have a delivery partner app as well. And it's connected in there. That delivery partner app will talk to the shop app. The shop app will then automatically tell your customers the tracking number, where it is right now, etc. So if they've got three orders on the go at the moment, they can log into the shop app and see all three orders where they are. So over Christmas, for example, the shop app was much more popular than it had ever been at Christmas 2021 because customers had ordered 10, 20, 30 things from different stores or a handful of stores, and they could see where all of them were at any one time. So rather than buying from 10 different retailers and keeping an eye on email addresses, or sorry, from emails coming in. So yeah, shop app, absolute must have. 
And the same with, I mentioned delivery partners a second ago. Delivery partners, this is not the age anymore where an order comes in, you print off a label and you go and drop it at your local drop-off. What you need to be doing now is using an application to do all the above for you. I went to see a, a small store recently and I went to their warehouse, their offices and said, show me what happens when an order comes in. And they've got a, a delivery app from their local courier. The local courier comes to the warehouse to pick up all the orders every day. When an order comes in, a label literally prints out from a label printer in the building and it prints out two labels. One of them is to stick on the front of the box. It's all prepaid for through the app. You know, they pay one big payment a month for the delivery from that month. And then the other label tells the packer um, or the pick product picker and packer who's in the warehouse, it tells them what products they've bought So with all the codes, you know, go and find these products, put them in there and make sure that's ready to be picked up this afternoon. As soon as it's picked up, they all get scanned in by the courier, the shop app, the delivery app kick in and start telling the customer that the order has been dispatched. It makes a tracking ID number, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So having all of that automated using a delivery partner app is absolutely brilliant for customer experience. And you've just saved yourself a huge amount of time as well. I used to have a store years ago and we used to send them out manually. It was a nightmare. And as soon as we got an automatic app, we literally had a printer that would just pump out um, labels for us. So you'd walk into, uh, walk into the storeroom in our old office and there would be 10 or 20 labels sticking out, which go and stick them all, all on the right things, pop them by the front door. And at four o'clock every day, the local couriers would come along, pick it up, take it off to the dis- distribution center and get it to the customer. So again, nice and efficient. The next one then, next one is what we call in the SEO world redirects. So Shopify has a built-in section where you can redirect a page. So you can say what's the old URL and what's the new URL. So you can say that, okay, we used to have a collection that was forward slash, you know, mystore.com forward slash uh, collections forward slash men's trousers. And then we decided actually we're going to change the name of that. So we're going to call it men's joggers. So you change the name of it to men's joggers, which now means it's forward slash collections forward slash men's joggers. Well, that means anyone who was trying to get to men's trousers now is no longer there. So they now need to go to the new page. So Shopify is a built in app. Um, It's not an app as such. It's not in the apps list, but they have a built in functionality where you can create a redirect. So you can say, right, if anyone's trying to reach that old page, that page isn't there anymore. They need to go to this new one. Or, for example, if you're moving to Shopify, you're going to have hundreds, possibly thousands. Or in one scenario, we we managed to hit a million redirects with a client moving from an old site to a new one. And then we're moving into Shopify Plus. So we had a million redirects to to import. Again, you can put those into Shopify's built-in plugin. But some very cunning and crafty developers have made a whole range of redirect apps that do that same functionality. Or they actually update that section of Shopify. But they do it with a few extra features that are quite useful. The first thing is one in particular that we, we've used quite a few times called Transporter, which no longer exists. And it, I have to be honest, it was frustrating because nobody told us or the client. So one morning we woke up and we had tons of 404s happening, people reaching a 404, this page doesn't exist. So Transporter was a good example where it, what it used to do is it used to tell you how many people had used each redirect on your website. And it also used to have a nice long list of all the people that had reached pages that no longer existed. So you could quite easily just go through and you just, it would say this page doesn't exist. And you could just click, okay, new link. And it would automatically put that in the from URL and you put something in the to URL. So in terms of keeping a nice clean website, this is a good way to do it. 
which then sparks a bit of a question, which is heavily debated amongst all of our clients and heavily debated across the SEO world as well. What do you do when a product goes out of stock? Because naturally, we've all got websites with products on right now. And naturally, all the products on our sites today won't be there one day. Every single product will be gone. So how do we deal with that? Some stores like to redirect them. Now, I would challenge you guys all listening today to have a think about whether you want to redirect it or not. Because if somebody's looking for a product that's no longer there, you could show the old product page and say this is out of stock. If you know it's definitely not coming back, you might want to say it's out of stock and it's not coming back. If it's out of stock and it is coming back, you could put a little box and say, give us your email address. And when it comes back in stock, we'll send you an email. And there are, again, there are apps that can do that for you as well. It's not specifically on my list, but certainly something to have a look at and a powerful way to build email database. So especially if it's a popular product. But there's also this rule of thumb of saying that if a product's out of stock and it's never coming back, you could redirect it to another product. But that might disappoint the customer because they might be specifically looking for that product and suddenly it's not there and have to go elsewhere, which isn't ideal by any by any stretch of the imagination. So what we've started doing with a lot of our Shopify clients is we've started not creating a redirect for products when they go out of stock. We started to say, let's just let them go out of stock. Actually telling the customer, this is out of stock and it's no longer here, that is true. That is the correct message. So let's not hide away from that. Also means nobody has to do anything now. So we've just saved ourselves a load of time. But then what you might want to do is have a look at your, your dead page page so when somebody's trying to reach something they can't reach you and they see their 404 not found, this page is gone, this product's gone, etc. You can then install, which leads me on nicely to my next point on the list, you could install some sort of AI functionality that recommends products. So we've worked with quite a few of these over the years and with most of our clients and, and most stores you look at have something that say people who bought this dress also bought these shoes and this bag, you know, this handbag, nice and simple. Some of those apps you have to set up manually. So you have to say, if it's this product, add these. If it's this product, add these. It's pretty boring and pretty mundane and mechanical to do that. And also you're missing a bit of a trick. There are apps you can use that recommend cross-sells and upsells, which is what we call them. You can get an app that recommends upsells and cross-sells. And that recommendation is based not only on what they've been doing on your website and not only based on the history of when people are looking at this page, we're recommending this. And when they're looking at that page, we're recommending that. And those seem to be the most popular ones in terms of revenue. There are some apps that also use data across multiple sites. So they'll say that if someone comes on your site and we recognize that person from other websites, we know what sort of priced products they buy. We know what sort of quality they go for, what colors they like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there are lots of apps that can make recommendations and you could feature these recommendations on a product page. You know, people who bought this also bought that. You could feature these recommendations on blog posts, buying guides, FAQs, all different pieces of content right the way across the site. And most importantly, coming right the way back full circle, you can put those on your dead page. You know, the page not found, the 404, whatever you want to call it. So if somebody was looking for a particular, and we choose any product at random, they were looking at a waste paper bin. So somebody sees a small bin that they really wanted to buy and they click on it and it's not there anymore. It says, sorry, this product was not found. Okay, it's clearly gone. If you've got a bit of um, AI or a piece of tech on there that can then say, but would you be interested in any of these products? Well, that's really powerful. 
because then it could recommend other waste paper bins, something you might be interested in. So we turned what could be the end of a customer journey, we turned it to a nice big junction. You know, what, what are you looking for? We can, we can find that product for you. And we already know you were looking for this, so here are some alternatives. So I'd highly recommend that as a, um, as what we call a cross-sell app, so selling products across other products, to so trying to bring the journey to become a bit more dynamic for that customer. And a lot of those apps can also do the other thing, which is upsell. So a good example of this is when you add something to basket, the best upsells I've ever seen are the ones that say, okay, you're buying, for example, you're buying a whiteboard. You can tell I'm in the office today. Um, you're buying a whiteboard that's going to go on the wall. And as soon as you add it to basket, the cross-sell upsell app pops up and says, item added to cart. Would you be interested in some pens and a whiteboard rubber to go with that? And this is where you can start increasing average order value. So you're starting to sell five, 10 products per order instead of one or two. So again, getting a good app that can do that stuff is really important. I'm going to reference what I mentioned at the beginning. I'm going to mention it at the end as well. Um, keep an eye on things like page experience, page speed. Try not to overclutter stuff. Try not to feature too much across the page because what you're going to end up with is a really clunky user experience. I've seen so many sites recently, just, just on the note of user experience, so many sites recently that just have like five or 10 different pop-ups and overlays. I saw one recently that wanted me to sign up to get 10% off their newsletter. And it said it five times on the first five pages I visited. So every time I went to a new page, it said, oh, 10% off the newsletter. It kept popping up. And it's so annoying. It really turns customers off. Customers are going to be heading for the exit button or the back button and going on another website. So just Again, always think about that customer experience. When are we feeding certain things through to them? And that's exactly the same with upsells and cross-sells. You don't want to do it too quickly because you're not up or cross-selling something if they've not selected the first item yet or even had a look at an item. So again, have a think about where that fits. Cool. We've got a few more to run through. The next one, which is super important, is reviews. There are lots and lots of apps that can do reviews on your website. My advice is only go for an app that also lists your reviews on their own website. So people like Yotpo, Trustpilot, FIFO, Reviews.io, these guys are proper certified review platforms. They're actually certified with Google, which means they feed what's called customer seller ratings. They feed that information to Google automatically. So what you'll find is when somebody leaves you a review, you can use widgets to feature that on your website and you, it will also be fed into Google automatically. So if you're running Google Ads, so pay-per-click on Google Ads, it will automatically feed your reviews into that and add those on the bottom of your adverts and you won't have to do anything. It is completely automated. So I highly recommend getting reviews. If you use one of these platforms, you can probably, probably almost definitely install their app as well and then play with the settings on it to decide when to send that first email out to a customer to say, thanks for buying, and it inserts the product on the email, thanks for buying this product, please leave us a review. And then their apps will also know if they've left the review or not, and you can set some settings to say, chase them again after one week and chase them again after two more weeks. So again, you've got three opportunities then to get a review. As soon as they've left one, the emails will stop. So again, using a pre-built app, all that tech there is available for you at the click of a button. But a lot of these platforms you do have to sign up for as well. So I highly recommend using a partner, an official partner for that. Trustpilot and Yotpo are pretty good. You probably heard in today's intro as well, Yotpo are sponsoring this month as well. So I wanted to make sure I give them a quick nudge and a quick flag. And on the topic of Yotpo, <laughs> without selling them 
too hard, but we did have a brilliant series back in December. So if you haven't listened to that yet, do uh, do rewind to December and listen to some of the amazing guests um, that I had the pleasure of interviewing back in December. But yeah, Yotpo also have a loyalty app. They're not the only ones. Lots of people do have loyalty apps. A loyalty app is something that can reward your customers for shopping with you. So the more they shop, the more rewards they get. And this doesn't have to be discounts, money back, vouchers, etc. This can be exclusives. It could be early access to products, et cetera, et cetera. This is also a good opportunity to ask customers for a mobile number and ask if they would like SMS marketing. So as soon as you launch a sale or a new product, they get 24 hours early exclusive access or something like that. You send them a text message. Text messages, unlike email, cut across the noise. So again, great opportunity to increase lifetime value from your customers and get a lot more for them and generate some more revenue. So I highly recommend look at the loyalty app. Then the last couple we've got, one we've spoken about a little bit on the delivery side of stuff, I would highly recommend looking at how you actually send products out. And what I mean by that is the actual communication from Shopify to say there's been an order to your warehouse. Now, I understand a lot of you guys listening will be at the early stage of your Shopify journey. Your products are sitting in, a, in your lounge or in a bedroom or a carriage or a lockup or you know somewhere small. You're doing everything yourself. And I imagine this list probably sounds incredibly overwhelming. So yeah, chop up and, and decide which bits are going to work best for you from this list. But certainly with the warehouse, as soon as there's more than one person involved in that or you know, if you start using a, a pick and pack company, as they're called, to manage your inventory for you, to have a warehouse, you want to make sure you've got a Shopify application that integrates with those guys. That then means that Shopify always has the latest information in terms of what's in stock and how many items we've got of each. So if there's four in the warehouse and you sell four in the next 10 minutes, it will then show us out of stock. So you don't sell five and have an unhappy customer to deal with. And vice versa, Shopify will also tell the warehouse when there's been an order. So the two systems should talk to each other absolutely seamlessly. We've had Brightpearl on the show before, which is a, a nice heavy duty sort of higher end version of warehouse management software and does a lot more than that as well. There are smaller, quicker, faster versions of those sort of things as well. So again, have a look. The Shopify marketplace itself is, is brilliant for searching for apps. You can use all the filters, you can read reviews, you can trial a lot of them, you can watch videos on them as well. So um, have a nice play with them and see, uh, see what you come up with. And finally, but you know, last but not least, we have a, a little note on here as well from one of my team here at Spec. He said they specifically love using the wishlist functionality now. So wishlist is a bit like a, an alternative to a basket. So instead of putting stuff in the basket to buy it, you add it to a wishlist. So you're essentially making a shopping list on their site, all the things that you would like to buy. Customers are using these more and more. But a quick word of caution, if you do decide to install a wishlist app on your site, obviously keeping on page speed and what it does to the user experience, but specifically on the user experience, make sure it does not take away from them adding to basket and actually buying the product. I've seen it so many times where sites have clearly just launched wishlist for the first time. And they almost seem completely obsessed with being like, yeah, use our wish list, check out our new functionality. And you sit in there as a customer thinking, I just want to buy the actual product. You know, I don't mind about this wish list. I'm ready to buy now. Like just, <laughs> just let me through the door sort of thing. So yeah, make sure that wish list is good, but just have a real think about the user experience, the design of the page. Where does that actually fit in? And that might be going right down to the granular level of actually looking at the color of the buttons. So say your branding was red, white, and black, you might have a bright red button for buy it now or add to basket, whatever your call to action is. And then you might have like a small white 
with a little red outline button, add to wish list. So the focus is still on the add to basket, the, the buy it now option. That's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed this list. As I say, it's been put together by our team and a few of our clients and, and looking through the thousands of different Shopify stores that, um, that we have in our partner program. So yeah, had a look at all of them. We pulled out some of the best uh, concepts and also some of the, the biggest themes of, uh, of, of app as well. So some of the stuff that people have on there. And um, we've got some amazing guests lined up for the next three or four weeks. I think we've got three in the diary, possibly four now. Um, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope it's been useful. And again, those, uh, those two things I'd love to hear from you guys if you can. Winningwithshopify.com. Fill out one of the forms and let us know what you want to hear about, what you love, what you don't love about the show. And it's always scary saying don't love. Those emails kill me, but I've got to read them. <laughs> I've got to read them and understand what what we could do to improve the show. And secondly, yeah, any apps that you're using, specific apps, we're going to try and do a bit of a plug for as many apps as possible in a future episode soon. So I'd love it if you guys could send in your favorite app or your top few apps you're using, the ones that you could not live without. So thank you so much for listening. You've been great. I've been Nick, and we'll talk to you again next Friday. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.